Hey, thank you very much. It's always good to be here with you. Uh, I think Pastor Aaron's been here, it's been about 10 years. Uh, so when he came here, he was single, and then he met this beautiful woman, Hunter, and married her. And now they have uh, two amazing children, and uh, it's always fun to come here. And many of you we've gotten a chance to meet over the years. And uh, Jeannie and I just want to say thank you for letting us uh, be part of your church family and uh, for loving on our son Aaron and, and Hunter. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, you know, as we come here, uh, Jeannie and I got married in uh, 1979 at the Old North Anderson Church of God on Broadway. And uh, then uh, we went into ministry in uh, the fall of 1980, went out to uh, Seattle, Washington. And it's been a, an amazing ride since then, so 40 three years in, in pastoral ministry. We have three sons that we love. Our oldest son turns 41 tomorrow. I mean, that's hard to believe. And some of you say, you don't look like you're old enough to have a son that's 41. I'll tell you my secret. I eat a lot of preservatives, okay? <laughs> it's working for me. But Matthew's, uh, he serves our country uh, in the State Department. He's a, a federal investigator. He's married to a beautiful girl named Deanne, and we have two grandchildren in South Carolina, McKenna Rose and David Robert. And then our middle son, J.J. Uh, Perry, he's married to the beautiful Jenny, and they are pastors at the Millington Church of God up in Michigan. If you have your Michigan map right here, they're over by the thumb. And they have three children, uh, Cora Jean and uh, Gabriel Joseph and Anna Faye, and of course, Aaron and Hunter are here with, with Gideon Wayne and uh, Silas David. And this summer, we had four of our grandkids for a week, and we really enjoyed it, and uh, it was VBS that week. And so I never thought I would ever have to make this statement, but I remember talking to my four grandchildren on the way to VBS, okay, no more knock-knock jokes where the punchline is butt cheeks, okay? <laughs> and so we have a lot of fun with our family, and we enjoy being with them, and uh, it's been great. It was, it was fun last night. I just want to say thank you. It was a great, great time, great food. It was pretty, pretty good food. Always enjoy that. And this morning when I came in, I just want to give you a clue before you pick up your, your food there. Uh, give Pastor Cole a hug. I hugged him this morning. I don't know what his aftershave is, but it's smoked pork butt. It's amazing. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So We want to talk about compassion this morning. And uh, as Pastor said, you're doing a series on longing for belonging. And compassion is a huge issue. Compassion, I believe, is the glue that holds us together as a church family. It's that which separates us from the rest of the world. Hey, could we look at uh, two scriptures this morning, if we could? Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And then after that, we'll look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. But uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then if we could go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word this morning. Would you join me as I pray? God, I pray more than my words or thoughts. I pray, God, that your word would come through and move in your people's hearts today and move us to be the people you want us to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a world that's a dog-eat-dog world. If any of you have ever worked in like a factory or if any of you have been like me, when I was a kid growing up, my family moved about every two to three years. I was always going to a new school. Any of you ever experienced that before? That is no fun. Because children and teenagers especially travel in herds, and breaking into an existing herd is a tough, tough task. And, and people can be so mean and cruel and indifferent, and, and that is a terrible fact, but it is the truth. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. God's allowed me over the last 40-some uh, years to travel on mission trips, and I've been throughout South America and Central America and the Caribbean and throughout the U.S. And, and one of the things that amazes me and, and troubles me, but also one thing that... that makes me proud to be an American. Is that in our country when people are hurting, there are systems and there are people that reach out and help them. Because if you live in another country, if you're a widow, you're on your own, unless you've got family to help you. If you're an orphan, you're on your own. No one really cares. If you're sick and you have no resources, you are on your own. I have watched people lying in the streets and people just step over. I've seen kids running, begging for food and for help, and people just ignore them. In fact, they've told me, just send them away. They're just vagrants. They're just street children. And it breaks my heart. That's not how the people of God should be. Amen? We should be a very, very different type of people. And one of the things, the first scripture we looked at in Colossians chapter 3, it talked about putting on clothes. And the one thing it speaks of, first of all, is compassion. If you go back a few verses, it talks about putting your eyes on Christ. It starts off chapter 3 with that, and setting your minds on Him. And then it talks about taking off your old rags of, of anger and rage and bitterness and all those things. And then he says there in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, you're chosen. We sang about that passionately. And I really love your worship team that, that, that shared with us this morning. We are chosen. We are loved. And that is huge. And we put on now compassion. It's something that we can put on and we can develop. Let's be honest. Some of us are very compassionate and some of us are not, okay? But we all can grow in compassion because it is something God's promised to us through our faith in Christ. You can put on compassion and you can put that on and you can wear it proudly. And and I want to share with you, what is compassion? It's a really interesting word. It's a word that I'm not going to try to explain it or pronounce it. I did take Greek when I went to Anderson College back in the 1970s, but I got a confession to make. 
Greek class was like 7.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday. I was not a morning person at that time. You had to study every night for Greek. Dr. Shute was a very, very tough teacher. But at the same time I was taking Greek, I was courting this beautiful woman right here. Every night I had to make a decision. Am I going to work on my Greek or am I going to go over to Myers Hall and see Jeannie? I did a lot of walking, you know. But the Greek word for, for compassion literally means that you are inwardly moved. Inwardly moved. In fact, if some of you, does anybody have a King James this morning with you? Anybody? Some, any of you old like me and that's what you grew up reading? I agree. If, if you know that verse in the King James, it says, clothe thyself with bowels of mercy. I remember as a young person over 50 years ago reading that thinking, I already have bowels. I really don't want another set. <laughs> I have enough trouble taking care of this one I've got right now. But, but it was literally a, a, a literal translation of that Greek word that, that you are inwardly moved when you see something. I like a, a, a quote I'll just read to you. It's, it's from a guy named Terry Ford. He's the CEO of Adventist Healthcare across the world. He says, compassion is a visceral, gut-wrenching, emotional response that is so strong that we are physically moved to action. Compassion suggests that we see a human need, we respond physically, emotionally, and decisively. That's what compassion is. Can I give you kind of three stories to illustrate compassion and what it is? And uh, I hope this will be helpful to you. Compassion is being moved by the pain and struggle of others. Uh, about 30-some years ago, I led a team of people from the Greenville Church of God where we pastored to uh, a little village called Maritas, and it was in the eastern province of Brazil. If you, if you know your geography, Brazil, the furthest point is Natal. It's the furthest eastern point in the western hemisphere. And then we went inland a little bit, and the terrain and the climate is like being in the desert southwest of the United States. And we went to this little village of about three to 400 people, and, and uh, while we were there in this village, it was very, very primitive, very, very primitive. And uh, we were helping the church uh, build a new building and put a roof on. And, and we poured a floor and we built the walls and we put a roof on. And, uh, and it was an amazing experience. We slept in hammocks. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, we had a great time, but we had no electricity and we had no running water. And, and just a funny little aside, there was a little girl that was the pastor's daughter and uh, her name was Maria, and she was about five. And we knew very little. They speak Portuguese. We knew very little. So while we were upsetting the trusses, and then you put these, uh, we, we did a metal sheeting, if I remember, for that project. While we're setting that up, and we're up on the roof, and, and the whole village is watching us, because we're a bunch of big, chunky North American guys, you know. They've never seen anybody that looks like us before, you know. So we're there, and we're putting this roof together, and this little Maria would come with a whole group of little girls, and she'd go, Bufalakatisha, and we'd go, Bufalakatisha, and she would laugh, 
And then pretty soon, all the ladies in the neighborhood and some of the guys started laughing too. They all gathered around the building, and she would yell a little louder, Bufalakatisha! And we'd go, Bufalakatisha! And uh, it was really good until her mama came out and smoked her hams, just really wailed on her. We felt sorry for her. And then Pastor Tom McCracken, our missionary, he said, come down. He says, do you know what you guys have been saying? We says, no. She just yelled at us. We'd yell back. She said, she had you yelling, we are fart lizards, all throughout the... <laughs> she, she doesn't deserve a spanking. She should get a medal. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Steve Rarick's a friend of mine. Steve and I are both big guys. We both like to eat. And the food, quite honestly, that Sister McCracken made... Bless her heart, she's now in, in heaven. But it wasn't, the, it wasn't good food at all. I mean, <laughs> it was bad. I got to tell you, it was a weird casserole. But she did the best she could with like a Coleman cooked stove, and we had no refrigeration. But it was like nasty. But we were starving. <laughs> we were starving because we're working hard physically. You know, when you make cement on the ground and you're picking it up and moving it and laying block. But Steve and I would sit there and these kids in the village, they had little skinny legs and, and arms and their eyes were sunk in and distended bellies. And every time we'd take a bite, they'd, they'd just mouth along with us. And Steve and I got to the point where it's like, nope. So we'd take our portion of food and we'd line the kids up and we'd divide them up and we'd cut it up in portions. And made sure every kid got some. That's what compassion is. Watch my friend Steve, who I knew was hungry. And there wasn't, a, <laughs> there wasn't a party store nearby where we could buy snacks, you know. But watching him give away his food, because he was so moved by these kids who didn't have enough food. Can I give you an up? up? We went back a couple years later to that same village. And the Church of God had sent in a, a missionary there and had worked with them. And we had, we'd raised money so they got a well, so they got good water, which took care of a lot of issues they had physically. And, and, and the building we built became a co-op where they would make crafts and stuff, and they could take it into the big city, Natal, and it gave them cash so they could buy more food. And, and, and they also worked on helping them do better with their crops. And long story short, we went two years later, and the kids looked so much better. They were healthier, better fed. Praise God. That's what compassion is. You're so moved by others that you're willing to do something about it tell you another story about compassion. Compassion moves you to action, and sometimes that action means you stop what you're doing for the sake of others. When Jeannie and I first got married, uh, we moved in uh, December of 1980 to Seattle, Washington, and I became the associate pastor of the Skyway Church of God on the south end of Seattle. And we lived down in the Valley of Kent, and Jeannie worked downtown at a big bank, and uh, the church that I served was up on Skyway Hill. If you've ever been to Seattle, it's a series of valleys and big ridges and hills. And Skyway Hill is where the church was at. So in the morning, Jeannie and I would get into our trusty steed, and we would drive, and I would drop her off to work at the big bank downtown, 
And every morning when I would drop her off to work, I made sure she had her favorite flowers, tulips. These two right here. Still her favorite flowers, amen? And then I would take this trusty steed of ours. Yes, it was American muscle car. It was a machine of renown. We owned at that time in our lives a 1974 brown Pinto hatchback. Four cylinder. I would tromp that thing like that. Beep, 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 beep. <coughs> And my goal was to hit all four lights through the downtown so that when I went up Langston Hill, I would be at warp speed so I could get up the hill. Because at the best, with that car, you know, if I could get up to 50, 55, it was like, yes, you know, I'm a jet pilot, you know, just going down the road. So I, I would time the light just right, and you know, and, and you know, yellow lights really mean go faster, amen, you know, and I would hit those lights, and I'm going up the hill, and I'm like, yes, yes, I'm doing 30, 35, 40, I'm going to make it up the hill, because the hill, I'm not kidding you, it goes up like this on Langston Avenue. I'm going up one morning, and halfway up the hill. There is a humongous station wagon stopped right there. It's a two-lane road stopped with the big door wide open. And I'm like, oh, no. So I had to stop. Then I had to wait, and I had to look careful, and then I had to go around, going at the snail's pace, you know. And as I'm going around, I am a pastor. I'm not allowed to do the... Hand motions that other people do, you know, when they're frustrated. I cannot say the words that other people say. I know how to spell them, but I can't say them out loud. So what can I do? I do what every good Christian does at that moment. I was going to give them the stink eye, you know, like that. And as I'm going around this car, I changed in a heartbeat. Because what stopped this car? There in the road was a beautiful dog. I love dogs. It was a beautiful big dog. It had a beautiful coat. As obviously somebody had hit this dog and it was dead. And there was a woman on her hands and knees just going up and down, just holding her face, just sobbing beyond grief. And the woman who was driving the car that had stopped, she got out and she was on her hands and knees and she had her arm around that woman and she was just holding her. And I felt so bad. And I remember going up and getting up to the church and going in my office and sitting there ashamed and saying, God, if you ever put me in a situation like this, may I have the grace to do what that woman did. Her compassion led to action, and she stopped. I'm sure she had a busy a day ahead of her. She had other things to do, but she was willing to stop her car and get out and kneel down next to this woman who is in obvious grief. May we be that same kind of people. Compassion is being moved by the pain of others. Compassion is being moved to stop whatever you're doing to help somebody else. That's what compassion is. Compassion is an amazing thing. And, and, and uh, 
it's just it's just amazing how God works in our lives. And if, if we are serious about following Jesus, he will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will move you, if you allow him to, and you give him permission to, will move you to do like my friend Steve did in feeding those kids like that woman did in getting out of her car. That's what compassion is. It feels the needs of others. It responds and takes action. That's what compassion's about. Um, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. This is what we know that love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You know, compassion is the glue that holds us together. Do you know why many of you come to this church and stay with this church family? Is it because you have an incredible pastor? You do, but that's not enough. Is it because of coal? That's good enough, but that's not enough. Is it because of your worship and all, and, and all the great ministries? I admire the recovery ministries, the children ministries you have going on. I admire your youth ministry. Those, it's the love that you have for each other. I'm sure if I opened it up, I'm not going to, but if I opened it up, there's some of you who would stand up and say, I'm here today because this person over here, this person over here, when I was hurting, when I was broken, they came to me. And they were the hands of Christ. They were the arms of Christ that reached out to me. Made a difference in my life. Jeannie and I, had one of those experiences, many of you had, but her mother died suddenly of a heart attack 20-some years ago. And it was right around the first of the year. And in Michigan, we, we get blizzards. And I remember it was that weekend, we had already called off church because the snow was so bad. And it was just piling up. And you get that phone call and it takes your breath away and it just overwhelms you and you're just numb and you can't do anything. Do you know that people from our church family drove out in the midst of that blizzard? I'll never forget Pat and Lynn McQuillan, who are dear friends. They're like family. They came out and waded through that snow to come in just to hold us, just to be with us. I remember Phil Hansen came with a shovel and worked on my driveway. He didn't have to, but he came because he was moved by compassion. It's that kind of compassion that we need here among each other. Amen? That when we see and hear a brother and sister in need, that we'll stop what we're doing and we'll take action and reach out in the name of Jesus to help them. I want to challenge you this morning. Would you make a commitment that whatever happens today, tomorrow, this week, the rest of your life, if you're serious about following Jesus, that Jesus, I'm available for your use. If I can be your hands, if I can be your arms, if I can be a means of bringing comfort and hope to someone else, let me do so. Let me do so. Friends, I wanna, wanna pray for you this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this great church family. I thank you, God, for 
those who've come before and have brought them to this point. I thank you for this pastor and for Pastor Cole and for the worship team and all those who work with the children and the youth and senior adults. Thank you, God. But God, above all else, I pray that South Creek Church would be a church that would be known for their compassion, a place where people are loved and cared for, where people are hurt or they're broken, that they are not gossiped or are put down, but they are picked up and they are loved. Oh God, put it in our hearts to be your people, to put on this compassion and to comfort others with the same love that you have comforted us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for moving in our hearts and lives. And thank you, God, for everything that you've done for us. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.